0: Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast. We're Trey and Lee, and we're glad you have joined us today.
1: Hey, everybody! Uh, it's been kind of a busy time. We've we've had a trip since we were last on with you guys. We went to Alabama, had a great workshop.
0: If you attended that workshop, we were honored that you came. Thank you for coming. We met a lot of amazing couples. and we've had a lot of a, a great feedback on that workshop, we appreciate the uh, the shallow church. Uh, in Hazel Green, Alabama, that hosted and said, come on. Uh, they covered everybody's expenses, uh, and it was free to whoever showed up. They yeah. provided snacks, uh, child care, everything. We love churches who are uh, pro-marriage in trying to go. We want to do everything we can to bless marriages.
1: Absolutely, and and we will be back in that area, the Huntsville area, in about six months. Yeah, April. April, maybe a little longer than six months, but... If you missed out, which we had some couples say they had planned to attend, something came up, and so try to put that on your calendar now. Don't let anything get in the way of, right. of
0: doing that. Uh, registration for Artesia has opened up. Artesia, New Mexico. If you're in New Mexico, come on. Uh, somebody from Albuquerque said, when can you get closer to Albuquerque? And we said, we're in Artesia. Come on. Uh, we had we had couples at the last workshop from seven area states, one couple from Illinois, we had a lady that was there from Alaska, uh, and so we just had folks all over. So so don't think, if you're waiting for us, if you could drive two hours to a workshop and you're waiting for us to show up at your town and be 10 minutes away, you better better load up and just take the weekend and come on. Yes. So Be
1: proactive. Be
0: proactive. Yes. Your marriage is worth it. Yes. Your marriage is worth it. So today we're going to talk about some things that have drastically changed our marriage for the better. And uh, these are about six things that we look back on right now and see now that we're 35 years into marriage and go, wow, we were so lucky that we did that. And uh, I don't know that we went out looking for those things. We just kind of started and, and they have made a huge, huge positive effect in our marriage. And we want to share some with you, whether you've been married for six months or 30 years that maybe you could add some of these to your marriage.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the first one kind of is you, what,
0: what? Oh, I got to throw one more thing throw, out there. Throw it out. Okay. Now we understand <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. And what that means is sometimes we can look back and see things better than we can right at the beginning. So none of these, when we started these things, did we think, Hey, this is really right. going to be we're gonna, marriage we're changing.
1: Gonna, we're going to do this.
0: Yes. Uh, and, and so, but now you look back and, and now that we're at a distance looking back on 20 years ago or 25 years ago we go wow we are so glad we did that so yeah so we're trying
1: to tell you yeah if you hadn't started these things
0: then do do this this. don't wait till 30 years down the road to go we should have started this yeah
1: so so the first one now kick in (laughs) sorry what it's kind of brings up the point that you were talking about earlier um we attended every kind of marriage workshop retreat uh, conference that we could when we were a young couple. We were. Um, we, we just did. And you know you said hey if you're waiting for us to come close to your town just load up and drive there. Fly there. Make it a getaway weekend. We we drove several hours for these things. We, we flew to some
0: of them. Um saved our money back when yeah. we didn't have a lot of money and and flew and uh we went to family conferences to teach us it's all about continuing education and learning things you don't know yes and and and, and it doesn't have to be our workshop go to a workshop find find a marriage retreat that it, that your church is offering and and the worst thing you can do is think we've got it all figured out we don't need to go uh or to think that hey this is just for people who are having marriage problems because we weren't having marriage problems, now we were a young couple that were working through stuff, but we just started. I mean, church offered film strips on a back when they had film strips mm-hmm. on a on a on a marriage weekend or, or on Wednesday nights. We showed up, uh, and so those were just things that extremely blessed us because we would go home going. Looking at each other and going, "Are you really like this?" And I, you know, and we would say, "Yeah, that's that's me." Now you understand what I've been trying to tell you. It was just learning, and it, it gave us things to communicate about and learn from. And so, uh, don't ever think that you are past the point of of going to a workshop, no matter how long you've been married, and, and no matter how if your marriage is great or good or fair or or any of those things, um, you can always learn something from. From a workshop? Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You
1: know, I'm not trying to pick on anybody from last weekend, but we had I don't know how at least three different people told me, Well, we've been married for X amount of years. I think we have it figured out. Now that they were saying that because they had signed up to do child care or security or whatever and they couldn't be sitting in the workshop. They were helping and that was somebody that's sure. necessary for sure. somebody to do that. But you know that was their comment. Well, I volunteer for childcare because we've been married for forty years, and I think we're going to be okay. Yes, I agree. You've obviously got some things figured out. But when you have that attitude that eh, we've been married forty years, we're good. It's not that's not healthy. Not healthy. That's yeah. not ever healthy. You know, we when we wrote our first book, we had several people uh, volunteer to read through it and give us. Um, you know, some some proofreading, some suggestions, things like that. And a, a dear friend of ours uh, helped with that and did an excellent job, you know, catching some mistakes that we had. And, and her and her husband have a, a wonderful marriage, wonderful marriage. And she said, you know, as good of a marriage as we have, i learned some things i can do better on you know just as she was reading through Mm -hmm. our book and i and i appreciated that you know that she she said hey i i thought we had a great marriage and i know we do have a great marriage but i can always be making something better yeah
0: so that's that's the
1: attitude that we need to have in marriage is that we can always
0: always do something improve on something so we got an email from a couple um that was at the last workshop and and uh they said we have we've been married 39 years and we've been to a lot of workshops and seminars in the past, but it's been quite a few years since we've been to one, uh, said we were blessed, or we are blessed, to have a great marriage, but this workshop has given us some things to think on and work on to make our relationship even better. And they said, we're planning on coming to the next one that is close by uh, next April. And so just don't think, this is a couple that's been married 39 years, don't think we got it all figured out. Um, The best thing you can do is constant, Continuing education. Yes. And with that, uh, let's roll into number three. Yeah. I mean, number two, sorry. <laughs> let's roll into number two, which yes. fits this. Talk a little bit about a challenge we got at a, a workshop we yeah. attended so, from a from a man by the name of, uh, of Joe Beam.
1: Joe Beam. So we went to the, um, goodness, I can't even remember what, it was called Becoming One, uh, His Needs, Her Needs kind of workshop that, that he put on. And he, part of the assignment for that weekend was that we read through two books. I mean, you had to, like we had massive reading assignments Mm -hmm. and we would read through and he would say, okay, guys, you have a blue highlighter, girls, you have a pink highlighter. And as you read, you're going to highlight what is important to you for whatever reason, if it stands out to you, if it's important to you, highlight it. And then when, you know, when your stuff overlapped, it would turn purple. That was kind of the, the thing where you could see that, hey, we both think this is important, and it gave you a chance to see what, what he thought, what she thought. But the point of that whole thing was, you know, he stressed during that that weekend that we need to be reading books together. And and we don't always use the pink and blue highlighters, although that was kind of a neat idea. Mm-hmm. But we always, you know, we'll we'll underline things with our pen and we'll write little things in the margin. You know, I love this. This is great um but read books together uh you know you don't and you don't have to now some we know actually some people that read out loud you know they just maybe driving down the road or or they'll listen to an audiobook um that's that's a wonderful way to spend your time but basically you know we'll swap like I'll read a chapter or two and then I'll say okay it's your turn to have the book for a little bit and you read and catch up with where I am um and then we talk about you know the things that we've underlined before we go on any further. So just read books. Read, try to make it your goal to, to pick out at least one book a year. I think that's a pretty solid goal. Yeah. One book a year that you can go through together, and it
0: will bless your marriage. And take turns picking them out, and, mm-hmm. and maybe if your spouse doesn't care, just you pick them out. I remember specifically, um, it seemed like at Valentine's Day or at Christmas, uh, we would pick out a marriage book and then you know it might go to the hey we'll get to this one we're working on one now but we always had one lined out and that that was really good because much like the workshops it just challenged us to to that continuing education you would underline things that I would go wonder why she underlined that. And I would ask you, and it would give us some great discussion and great feedback. And there were times where we'd read a book, and you'd you would point to something in there, and you'd go, is that really how, how men are? And I'd go, yeah, I've been trying to tell you this, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. So it was just really, really good for us to uh, read a book together, a marriage book. Yes. And so we attended marriage conferences. We read marriage books. And, and can I let me throw something out about marriage books, because right now it seems like we live in a, a Cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there who, if they find one chapter or even a paragraph that they don't like, that they think whoever wrote the book did a poor job on, it's like, let's cancel the whole book and throw it out. And we just think that's ridiculous. Um, Reading a book is like, kind of like eating fish you know you're going to find a bone or two that you don't like throw it out but that doesn't mean you throw the whole fish out keep eating the meat so uh, if you find something you don't just dis- don't agree with completely or it doesn't fit your marriage okay move on mm-hmm. you don't have to cancel the whole book right. and so we just have become people who uh, in the marriage world of marriage coaching that if you disagree with someone is we're going to call them out that this paragraph should you know cancel your whole book and that's that's just ridiculous Yeah. so read a book all read right? a book number three
1: Oh, where are we? Coffee time. Coffee yeah. time was We've something we have. We've mentioned coffee time. If you've if you've listened to our podcast for a while, you've heard us talk about this. If you've gone to our workshop, if you've read our book.
0: This was um, not
1: planned. But it wasn't. It was it, it this was completely accidental, but we look back now and we realize how much coffee time has blessed our marriage. And so the story is that when our kids were, you know, were small, and some of them were in school. A couple of them were still home. When school would be out at around three or three thirty, it would never fail. I would have one to still taking a nap, and you know you don't want to wake up kids when they're taking naps. When they're toddlers, you know that's just you don't do that. Mm-hmm. So. Trey thankfully had a flexible job where he could leave the office. He could pick up kids and bring them home. And he's, you know, one day he said, Hey, would you start some coffee? I just I need some coffee. 3 30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Would you have some coffee ready when I get home? And that kind of just became a regular thing. And we would sit down and have coffee together for about 30 minutes when he came in. Uh Visit about, you know, what had been going on during the day and what we might have coming up, you know, that evening or, or the next day. And it just gave us time to catch up with with each other. And, mm-hmm. and so our coffee time is really conversation time. You need to be making time to have conversation with each other every day. That's true. And it may not have to be, it may not deal with coffee. You might, you know, maybe you get up early and you eat breakfast together. Maybe it's... um
0: you after know, the, kids, after go to the bed. kids go to
1: bed and you have some quiet time. Maybe it's taking a walk, you know, a couple of blocks around the neighborhood after dinner. Um, but whatever it is, find some time, uninterrupted time, where you can just talk and catch up about some things that are going on in your world.
0: Yeah, 20 minutes a day, you know, couples currently get four minutes a day and that's not enough to have a marriage. Right. That's
1: what t- statistics yeah. are telling us is that couples get about four minutes a day of, of uninterrupted time together. And that's, wow, we just don't think that's,
0: no. that's you enough. need at least 20 to 30. And so have coffee time and it doesn't have to include coffee, uh, it doesn't have to be at 3.30 in the afternoon, but right. you need to be finding some time every day that you can sit down now we don't every day doesn't always work that way but most of them do so there are days where schedule doesn't work and we don't get to do that but the majority of them we do and we work around that time yes so number number four tell us about number four number four pray together and this is big if you've heard us talk about this uh, on this podcast or in our workshops this was not something we did early in our marriage where we prayed together as a couple we would pray as a family I would pray Lee would pray and at one of those workshops um we got to talking about it and the guy challenged us that was speaking that you should be praying together and so we got after it and uh decided that uh, we needed to do a better job at this and it was a little uncomfortable at first for us to to be praying together um and and we started very simple with just uh dear lord bless our marriage Uh, Thank you for our children, Uh, in Jesus name, amen. And we would oftentimes pray uh, when we climbed into bed together or uh, just whenever it was, Uh, sometimes when left for work, uh, sometimes when I go on a trip, uh, but praying together gave us a new level of intimacy that we did not have. Um, We had all the conversational intimacy and recreational intimacy and sexual intimacy, but this was a new intimacy that we did not have and I didn't realize how much power and intimacy was involved in it because we got to see and hear things that generally we reserve only for God that our spouse got to hear from us. And that was just yeah. a big deal.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and it's so healthy.
0: And we hear couples today who start praying together say just that.
1: Right. Um, that it makes a huge difference in their marriage. And uh, we've shared the st- statistics, but I think we'll we'll throw them out here again because there's a lot of people that just say, ah, that's not that big a deal. And But you can't argue with statistics and And so
0: this is by this is by a a, there's there's
1: a couple of different ones there's one of them is not a Christian group there's one by Gottman Institute which is a Christian group and they they did a study which revealed that five less than five percent of couples that pray together end up in divorce Mm -hmm. and so then we found another study done by Gallup which is just worldwide. This is not a Christian group. They, but, you know, Gallup polls do all the different studies and they took it a step further. And they found that couples that pray together daily, less than 1% end up in divorce. So, I mean, those are huge.
0: Can't ignore that.
1: Um, You can't. So what a wonderful way to safeguard your marriage, simple thing that you can do together. Um, You know,
0: yeah, pray together. Pray together. And and maybe your spouse is uncomfortable with it, and you need to step up and go, okay, I'll just start, mm-hmm. and, and I'll do it for a while, and maybe after a week, then you go, would you like to start and say a few words first? So don't just wait for your spouse to come along and do it. Bring it up. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to see where we are here on our I think, list. I think we're on number five. All right. Going to bed together.
0: Oh, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. We didn't do this and early we, in we marriage. Weren't. We should have done we better. We weren't good at
1: this because... I'm a night owl you're an early to bed guy you know you're over there falling asleep in your chair at nine Mm -hmm. and i'm still like raring to go and have a whole bunch of things i still think i need to get done and we kind of realized it just wasn't it just it just wasn't very healthy for us to never go to bed at the same time um for lots of different reasons uh some that are very obvious uh, but we, you know, finally, I guess, and I don't know if somebody pointed it out or if it was just something that I figured out. I don't know. Do you
0: remember? Mm-hmm. Was well, it? We, maybe we read it. We read it <laughs> in a tip. That somebody, I don't Some know. couple said we love to go to bed together. Yeah,
1: but uh, you know, I thought I can, I can at least get ready for bed. Go, you know, we can go. I can go get in the bed. We can go to bed together for a little while uh whether we're intimate or whether we're just talking or whether we're praying whatever the reason um but we're at least going to bed together um you know then your superpower kicks in and you're asleep in 30 seconds Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) unless we're talking i I do a good job if you want to talk you do you do you do
1: but i would just realize you know i can go to bed and and be in there for however long and then i can get back up if i'm not ready to go to sleep once you're asleep, I can get back up and do whatever I feel like I need to still do, whether it's a load of laundry or, or getting, you know, just stuff ready for the next day or whatever, or reading a book, mm-hmm. um, which I do plenty yeah. of nights now. I stay in bed to do it, but... Um,
0: Sometimes I wake up and I think, is it morning? I look over <laughs> and you've got your book all i got book, my book lot on. lot going. like 1230.
1: Yeah, and I'm still reading, but... Um, but yeah that's going to bed together is a healthy
0: it is thing to do. And, and i know if you've got two different work schedules sometimes that can be tough but every chance you get uh try to do that and we try every night about 10 o'clock to climb into bed together uh we talk about it's it's kind of become a second coffee time mm-hmm. uh we talk about what's on the schedule coming up uh what we have planned and and we just have all those those times together and and that sort of thing so um I have friends by the name of Keith and Terry Riley. They're Cersei people, which we actually headed to Cersei, Arkansas, yeah. in a couple of weeks to speak at Harding uh, University. Harding University's lectureships. We're excited about that. But Keith and Terry live in in Searcy. and Terry will tell you because she's commented many times and says said that when when the bet one of the best things she has learned in the latter years of her marriage too is is when they started going to bed together. What a pro tip that was that she didn't realize what they were missing out on. And that that has become a very, very important thing in their, in their marriage. And so I I love watching Keith and Terry and keeping up with them on Facebook. They are, they camp together. They, they just, uh, I love watching how they love each other.
1: Yeah. That's but they do.
0: She, she talks about often, Hey, we go to bed together and that's a big deal. And wish I'd have found out earlier how good that was. It's
1: just another way to connect. Uh, in your marriage instead of being independent from one another. Uh, You know, which we talk about. That's hard in your marriage when you're too independent. So, uh, keep that connection alive. Do that one simple thing and go to bed together.
0: How many more we got? We got one more. One more to go. What is it?
1: We became intentional with our intimacy, with our our sexual intimacy. With our sexual intimacy. Okay, because there's plenty of ways to be intimate.
0: And Um, and what does that mean? Because, I mean, we obviously had sex because we had... A whole bunch of kids <laughs> I, I guess what it actually means is we we became to realize how important it was in our marriage it was not just for procreation and having kids nor was it hey you know it's just for fun let's have a little fun but we realized that there was we, we began to notice how much power there was involved in it and when we were sexually regular or active with one another it just seemed like our marriage clicked better that we liked each other better that uh we felt closer to one another that we it seemed like we loved each other more um and and we got to noticing that when we worked hard to make sexual intimacy a a bigger part of our marriage really other areas of our marriage started clicking better Yeah, conversation um, love language is everything because it's that, as we talk in our workshop, it's that oxytocin that flows through your bloodstream that connects you that says, this is my, my man and my woman, and I love them. Uh, it connects you, and it reconnects you over and over and over. Yeah. That there's, there's a reason God gave it to you, and it wasn't just procreation or pleasure. It was to remind you, this is my husband, and this is my wife, and I love them.
1: So you may be sitting there saying, how do we become more intentional with that? Um, one of the things that we did was, uh, we, we, we communicated about it more. Like, I think for a while as young newlyweds, we kind of played the game of, well, who's gonna initiate? I'm not gonna initiate. And you know, I mean, you yeah. know, um, it, and we realized, okay, if, if one of us is, feeling the need to be sexually intimate we just need to say that we that you know that hey that's what i need right now um instead of just playing the game and waiting for the other person to initiate because there's always going to be mismatched sex drives and you know the mood is not going to strike the same all the time so you just need to you just need to communicate more about that and the lower drive spouse which was me uh i had to realize you know that that you were in the mood a whole lot more than i was and i needed to just sometimes initiate um maybe when i wasn't so much in the mood you know but just because i knew that you were mm-hmm. so um anyway some just some ways to be more intentional sure. initiate yeah. more talk about it more
0: yeah To uh, communicate with your spouse and if you're uncomfortable talking about it face to face send a text message uh, but talk about it more. And, and you know, maybe it's a time to send a message that just simply says, hey, we haven't been intimate in a while, sexually intimate in a while. Is there a good time this week? What's your schedule look like? And, and don't freak out that we said put it on the schedule. It just makes you think, okay, tomorrow yes. night is free. Let's do our best to get to bed early. Um, and um, we said this in our last workshop. We hear people say sometimes, well, sex should be spontaneous or... You know i need to be in the mood if if we waited until we were both in the mood at the same time and were spontaneous <laughs> we we probably wouldn't have any sex not very um, not yeah. very much no. and so uh and if you're still got kids at home and you got a very busy schedule that's not going to happen very often and so as lee says in our workshop that scheduled sex where you say hey tomorrow night our schedule's free let's climb into bed together you've put it on the schedule uh, scheduled sex is better than than no sex. And so do what you can to connect and reconnect.
1: Yes. Um, yes. There so you go. I thought I was going to add something, but then I don't know.
0: Okay. I think, so, I think we covered it. Let's go back over these. Attend every marriage conference, retreat, anything like that you can. It will bless you. Uh, secondly, read a book. Try to read a marriage book. Um, with your spouse on a regular basis or you could do the podcast if you can get your spouse to read the, sure. listen to the podcast yeah, both of y'all do that listening
1: to marriage podcasts
0: Man, I wish we would have had that you know and you may not day. be able to
1: sit down and do them at the same time it, but that's a great way a lot of couples do it when they're driving to work
0: yeah and they talk um, about it a
1: lot of couples do it you know when they're uh, cleaning house when they're when they're at the gym whatever it is and then they talk about it so um, if a marriage podcast works for you better than reading or listening to a book, then by all means, uh, find you know find some besides ours because there's some good ones out there. There
0: are. There are. Uh, number three, have coffee time. And it doesn't have to include coffee. It doesn't have to be... Th- that means you just need to find about 20 to 30 minutes every day possible to spend time together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, next one, number four. Uh, pray together. There you go.
1: Often, daily.
0: Yep. Go uh, to bed together. To bed. Number five. And number six... Become intentional with your intimacy. Realize how important that is for your marriage and uh, stay after it. All right. These are six ways, six things, six habits that drastically changed our marriage and have blessed us. And when we look back now, we are so glad that we started those habits, even if they weren't on purpose, because they were so good for our marriage.
1: Yes. We're, we're done. We
0: Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you all in a couple of weeks. A couple of
1: weeks. We'll be right back here.
0: Sign up for Artesia. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.